Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Welcome to the podcast. This sode would not be possible without the support of our listeners, patrons, and sponsors. If you'd like to learn more about supporting the 3-Bit Gamer Show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash 3BG. And a huge thanks goes out to our boss-level patrons, Christopher and Patrick. Man, oh man, it's a crazy month for games. Seriously, there's what, five AAA titles this month? Don't forget the indies! Metroid, Age of Empires, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, October, more like in Stocktober, Ugh. whatever. So there's a bunch of new games out this month. What are you guys playing right now? Um, Final Fantasy? Still? I'm, I'm playing Final Fantasy. For shame! You've just locked into the Three Bit Gamer Show. Welcome to the Three Bit Gamer Show. I'm JD. This is Trent. And it's Jenna again. And Jenna's back. Jenna again. I Jenna still have again. Peter Traction. Yeah, Peterson's still in the basement. He's in the YouTube trap jail. Yeah. He's in chat. Yeah, he's here. He's hanging out. He's with us in spirit. Oh, let's see if I can get this going. Oh, God, it's going to be so bad, you guys. Live from the 3Bit Gamer Show. The news. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It's just fine. It's fine. It'll work. Guys. Um, That, our news this week, as with all week, is brought to us by Crave Cookies. Crave Cookies is this uh Crave. Oh my goodness, so new is coming. Crave Cookies. It's not there, remember? <laughs> it's the sneak preview. Oh, it's not here yet. Yeah. Okay, because we're recording on Friday. Trent, what is our sneak peek of the week on Crave Cookies? Sneak peek of the week is I don't remember the rest of the menu, but I will tell you the new cookie. Oh baby. Because we've just been doing a pumpkin cookie every week. Yeah. So this month. week is finally the pumpkin spice latte. So it is a pumpkin spice cookie yeah. with vanilla latte frosting uh-huh. and whipped cream and then a little bit of pumpkin spice sprinkled on top. This is an Annievention. It yeah. is delicious. Oh, my God. That sounds incredible. Okay. Tell me the name one more time. Pumpkin spice latte. The pumpkin spice latte cookie. Guys, go to CraveCookies.com and get your pumpkin spice latte. Drive right past that Starbucks and go to Crave Cookies. That's right. Um, before we get into the news, I did want to take uh, a moment on kind of a more serious note and address, I know you guys are all wondering where Peterson is, my better half. Uh, not you, Jenna, I'm sorry. Gosh. She's sitting right, right here. here. She's the better half. <laughs> she's, the better, she's the best half. The best I half. already know Peterson's I'm like replaced virtually. Uh, <laughs> like 
six hours a night, Peterson is my wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Peter. Speaking of wives, uh, Peterson's lovely wife Kelsey has uh, recently had a medical emergency, and Peterson has been attending to her, and she's still in the hospital. So any well wishes, any anything you guys have to uh, just good vibes, send them uh, Peterson's way. Um, so he will be back as soon as he can. Uh, the show must go on, but um, yeah, he'll be around. He's still in Discord. He's not going anywhere. Um, anyway, so let's get into news uh, with this lovely thing I have. So fucking loud. Nintendo has finally admitted that the Switch Joy-Cons break all the time. Took him how many years? <laughs> like six. <laughs> Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, the Nintendo Switch, the controllers that slide into the side of the thing, uh, have since the since the console launched four and a half years ago, have all experienced something that has been referred to as drift. I still don't know how I've avoided it. So lucky with my uh, oldest. Peterson version. has a few controllers, at least one that has it, and it's typically just the left one. Because that's the one you're using. So Nintendo has kind of just dismissed it as wear and tear. They're like, yeah, it's just like tires on a car. And everyone's like, wear uh, and tear after your first two months of use. Yeah, yeah. I don't really super buy yeah, it. Go buy a new $100 controller. Yeah, so we haven't been getting a ton on this. Um, and it's just been something they've kind of denied. They've had a return program where you can bring them back. But like that really hasn't been super successful because you still got to wait like months without well, your controllers. Actually, like positive news, at least at least in one case, my nephews just sent theirs back last week mm-hmm. and they're already on their way back. Oh, shut up. So at least it seems that's nice on some level that they've picked up the speed. But maybe that's just because they're not getting as many. Right. I don't know. Well, Jen and I have this lovely new thing on ours where and this may be we need to like clean the sensors or something, but it just stops sensing them. So you'll be playing on it in your hands and it'll be like connect the controllers and i'm like they're literally on the side I of can't the connect like, them connect any farther them. he's connected <laughs> he, can't, he can't connect them any farther uh so during this is during an ask the developer interview with, while they were um marketing the oled switch that's the new one hardware designers for nintendo vaguely referred to an, these uh joy cons as unreliable hardware it was not really that they admitted, but they're like, oh, yeah, they can be unreliable. Um, the weirdness here is that on Thursday, this is last Thursday, Nintendo revealed that they have revised the test used to determine the reliability of their controller sticks and have worked to, quote, improve durability of the components to pass this new test that they've devised. Um, but... If you guys remember, a couple weeks ago, at, there was an OLED Switch demo, and Nintendo just came out and like proudly proclaimed that they're the same controllers. They're like, it's the same controller. We haven't updated it. Which they've it. since and now clarified. Like, oh, it's the functionality. The functionality is the, the same, but they work better now. Uh-huh, yeah. So the people that have actually cracked these open, like you can see on, that have gotten these controllers for the OLED Switch, opened them up, and looked at them and compared them physically with their eyes. And they're the same. They're the exact same thing. They're the exact same controller. Hmm. They're like, if there's something going on, obviously on like a microscopic level with the boards or something, maybe there's something that we're missing. But overall, there's really nothing. Guys, don't buy an LED Switch. I'm sorry. If, I'm... You're, if your only reason for buying an OLED Switch Ugh. is to have new Joy-Cons, for sure don't do that. No, that is absolutely not worth it. But it, it really is, dude. It's so funny. Uh seeing so many times nintendo dismissed the 4k switch as a rumor 
and one person in particular, Schreier, refuses. He is so convinced, and he won't go, like, super hard because, you know, he's, like, really kind of hedges his bets on these things. Mm -hmm. But if you read his tweets and, like, his comments on his newsletter or on his – everything he writes on Bloomberg, like, he's like, no, it's coming. It's It's a 4K switch. It's coming. They're full of shit. Um, This one – was supposed to be the 4K. His his theory is this one was supposed to be the 4K, but it was delayed um, because of the pandemic. So they ended up uh, doing doing oh, what they instead. did. But uh, he says the 4K is still coming. So don't get this one, guys. Just wait. Twitch has been hacked and defaced with pictures. So funny of Jeff Bezos. The pictures of this are so funny. I like that they chose the most hateable pictures. Of one of the more hateable people on the planet. When I read the headline, I was I was just assuming that it was going to be like the thumbnails for the individual videos, not the background of the entire <laughs> website. This is the splash. So like on your Facebook profile, that big one on the top, yeah. that background image for any game that you looked at, GTA 5. I mean, there was a there was a bunch of these Dota 2, Smite, Minecraft, Apex Legends. So you hit the main so page of Twitch.tv and you click into Dota. Well, then you've got Bezos Bozos staring right at your face. <laughs> Bezos, Bezos. Uh, I just, I, I think, I don't know. No one knows where this came from, right? But when you have 6,000 code repos leaked, you never know when it's... And now that Twitch is open source, like Jenna mentioned last time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. anything can happen. To, Who knows? Yeah. You just jump in and find <laughs> these vulnerabilities and just test them out and just look for anything good. So uh, keep up the good work, hackers. Epic Games may make for a Fortnite movie as part of their entertainment expansion. Okay, so here's the question I have on this. Uh-huh. When we first talked about like League of Legends expanding into more storytelling and Netflix series and everything, yes. one of the things we talked about was how all of the characters in this game were developed without any sort of story around them. It was just the abilities, right? Yeah. So what is this going to be? Are we? Is it going to just be like a Space Jam type? Here's all the IPs we have access to. Yeah, like you're going to see LeBron James in a Fortnite movie. No, because there's no way those stretch those were covered by movies. I feel like they're able to grab so many Yet. IPs. I mean, how much money do they have? Yeah. Is this just to like sell toys? Probably everything, right? Or skins. Since the 1980s has been about selling toys. Yeah, so they're just like make it look cool, and we don't care about the story because we never have one. And um, McDonald's will make toys. Yeah. So. <laughs> Apparently, this is an attempt to diversify by Epic Games because apparently, uh, not we can't so- make a new IP. And We've just got to release a movie, and they can't do anything in the mobile market. They can't sell Fortnite uh. on phones anymore, so they're they're kind of they're kind of looking for other ways to make money. Um, and this deve- this division could develop products, including a feature game. So so this has um, let's see, they've hired a couple of people that are pretty standout. These are several executives from Lucas Films, including J- Jason McGaitlin, who was formerly the vice president of physical production at Lucas Films, and now is the president of special projects at Epic. And he was also the executive producer of all the Star Wars films released under Disney. So. Some major pedigree that they have brought in from traditional, like, Hollywood movie people. Um, I don't know, dude. But you're absolutely right. Fortnite doesn't have, like, a lore. But maybe it does. I wish Peterson was here because he follows the seasons and stuff. Do they have stories? Because they have, like, these big I mean, I can't happen. imagine anything of, like, depth. Yeah. 
I imagine um, making an actual feature-length film out of a Fortnite IP would be a challenge, and I don't know how appealing it's going to be to the larger movie-going audience. Well, and what demographic are they making this for? Right, is it going to be a kids' be movie? Emoji movie? Yeah, exactly. Which uh, didn't need to have a story either. Right. So, and it did. I think it killed. I think the Emoji movie made like a fucking billion dollars. So maybe I'm wrong. Oh God, we're gonna have like sixty huh. Fortnite movies. G4 TV will be back on November oh. 16th. This is the best news of this whole episode. Yeah. Uh, G4 TV, that is the old cable television show network. Network. That was the only uh, gaming cable network that really ever caught any traction. Uh, it died in very inglorious deaths, running nothing but uh, reruns of Cops and Cheaters. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The glory why. days of yeah. G4. Cops, cheaters, and then you'd see X-Play for 30 minutes in the in the evening, and then right back to Cops and Cheaters. Uh, that was the channel. They are back. A lot of the old people are coming back. And did the, did the website die with the channel, or did the website linger a little bit longer? The website d uh, shut down the same time as the channel. It stayed up, and then they maintained it as an... Because uh, I like to just go check on it. They had right. an editorial person that was just posting, like, clickbait essentially for about a year or so they probably okay. had a contract that was running out um because it was owned by comcast and nbc universal and so they had all sorts of people that were working on it uh but they will be debuting in g4 on verizon fios uh cox and xfinity tv as well as twitch oh so it's not like a channel channel it's like no, a it's a channel 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 yeah like it's gonna be a cable channel FIOS, again cox and xfinity Okay. It's like a legit channel. Yeah, they're like legitimately bringing it back. It's wow. so funny. It's coming back as like cables. Well, it's dying. because it, it died as everyone was writing off video games. It was like, this is silly. Yep. And now. Dude, it died. And I, I had an oddly intimate uh, look into how it died because I actually had an ex that worked there. And we were moving her out because they had she had lost her job. And so we went to. I was in the G4 studios on like the last day, like the farewell party oh for like gosh. all the editorial team. Just because I was helping move out, and dude, it was depressing. It made me so imagine. because, like you said, it was like it was like a proclamation that video games it was the only like real mainstream. Yes! Yeah, they did E3. Like you went to E3, and they were all the coverage. And so to see all these people that were a lot of some of the people that were the reason that I got into games, mm -hmm. just like don't know what to do. And so many of them ended up out. Well, like, I grew up watching X Play. Like yes! that was always on. And like, what has Adam Sessler done? since g4 last like eight plus years he really hasn't done much he's kind of mm -hmm. bounced around he's been like a video game uh industry consultant and, and is it gonna be like, like the original crew is it yeah, gonna be dude, like oh my it's gosh like the same crew they've got back it's attack of the show and x-play will be returning uh american ninja warrior and wow. i think they'll have some other programming but with with the integration on twitch and with the fact that cable right now is kind of like i wouldn't say desperate for new channels and content but there's definitely desperate for new channels and content they're desperate yeah. everything's moving to streaming yeah. so Cable having an old popular station coming to them, being like, "Hey, we got a huge nerdy fan base." It's a big and, deal, and like people that are like now, we're kids like you are in the prime buying demographic. G four is like evolved from like twelve year olds to like the thirty five year olds that used to watch it, and they all have money. They were just they were just well, the wrong kind of, time. Have money. Yeah. Some of them kind have of have money. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have Jeff Jeff Bezos. Money, but, no. Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye out uh, November sixteenth for G four. If you are one of the Odd Ducks that still has cable. Epic Games has made nice with the developers of Among Us, which they brazenly ripped off with their imposter mode. Okay. Mm. 
you guys remember Among Us? This is basically a digitized version of Mafia, um, that that uh, campfire game where got everyone through lockdown. Exactly. So the idea with Among Us is that you're running around a spaceship trying to find the one imposter alien among you while you're um, completing tasks. Think John Carpenter's The Thing um, in space. So the uh, they had a they had a map and a singular map. This is a very set game. It's a very small game. And Fortnite, being Fortnite, Epic Games came along and just ripped the whole thing off. And we talked about this. We talked yeah. about this in in August. And the one thing was that I liked that was funny was Inner Sloth. Inner Sloth is the devs that that made they this. did Among Us. Yeah, and they expressed a lot of disappointment with Fortnite because and it was so funny. It was the most indie game thing. It was just like, well. It's nice to have a reminder of how small we are. Just, like, so passive-aggressive. Because they're like, what are they going to do? Start talking shit on Epic Games? Yeah. Like, I don't want to go down that road. So they're just like, oh, that's a bummer. Battle well, they can't win. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. And I mean, these are the guys that are going after Apple. And you're, like, a little tiny four, five-man company that made a hit breakout game. And Fortnite is like, well, we want a slice of that We pie. have more money. We're just so... going to come take it. We're not going to make bake our own pie. We're going to come take some of yours. Oh, I love the... <laughs> I have a question, though. Because... Yeah. I feel like kind of like the imposter mechanic is not a new thing to gaming because like Secret Hitler, for example, yeah. like you're trying to find who's the Hitler. Well, and Mafia, you. right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's like, so are they, how exactly did they, did they the map? Okay. The map, the same room has the same effing names. Like so the rooms like it's, look like exactly it's literally the just same. a ripoff. It's rip like off. this top to yeah. bottom. Like have you seen like a MOBA map and how they all kind yeah. of look same? It's like that. It's the they just ripped it off wholesale so people would recognize it and not have to learn a new game. So they just stole it. The <laughs> nice. uh, the co-founder said um, that, and they they acknowledged that when they were bitching, they're like, "We're not going to patent this. We can't patent this. This isn't a system." But like, come on, what the the co-founder Marcus Bromander, which did we touch on his awesome Bromander name, Broman. <laughs> Bromander kind of sounds like Charmander. He's the commander of the bros. bros. But also bro and man and he's got like in the Marcus, same name. which is like somehow a cool name when you Marcus. toss it before Bromander. Marcus Bromaster. Bromander. Sounds Bromaster. like Max Power. Bromaster would be a sick name. Bromaster. Bromaster. Anyway, this guy says, he said at the time, quote, is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it, though? That was the question. It was like, could you even make it slightly your could you own you at least change thing? the names? So, um, the latest update is that a uh, through some back and forth on Twitter called... Sorry, I just had to swallow some vomit. It's called Brandter. <laughs> Brandter. That is the uh, a formal term we're going with. Where two brands banter? I fucking Brandter. hate late stage capitalism Brand. so bad. That this is this is advertising now <sighs> is brands uh, arguing and uh, you know tongue in cheek. I mean, it's not joshing. new, right? This is like Wendy's. Yeah, like Fred. Yeah, like but jabs now we're humans too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Now look you how can... personable these corporations oh. are. Now it's showing up in PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> the MBAs are giving that like, oh, we. This should is be how you're supposed like to Wendy's. run a business. And, yeah, and I'm like, okay, so it's super disingenuous. <laughs> Have you I... said hi to Wendy's today? Have you checked in on her? <laughs> Made sure she was feeling okay. Hi, I Welcome like the Wendy's, Wendy's thing for a I bit. I love you. So. So anyway, long story short, these guys made nice on Twitter with some nice back and forth banter, like "ha ha." All wasn't well staged good. or planned Guess at all. What? Yeah, it's absolutely staged and planned. And Inner Sloth doesn't have a 
fucking choice here. Because they got ripped off, it's over, it's done. So Epic comes to them, and they're like, hey, you want some crumbs? What are they going to say? Spiteful, like, turn their nose up and be like, no, I'm going to cut off my nose to spite my face. No, I mean, I wish, sort of. Because Epic wants to sell fucking Among Us skins. And they are not going to give all of the profits to Inner Sloth. You know damn well they're going to take 85% of that $50 million they make selling Among Us skins. And they're just, and then Inner Sloth's going to take the $5 million and be like, cool, thanks. But the fact that this is, you have to prostrate yourself uh, before the biggest megacorp in order to get your crumbs disgusts me. Yeah. I hate it. It This was so gross to me. That's I awful. Just, so, yeah, call me cynical, but Branter can kiss my ass. Amazon is facing backlash after a quick reversal on their new world region transfer policy. Okay, I don't want you guys to think... I missed this one, so you're going to have to explain yeah. this one to me. Yeah, and I don't want us to come across as like a, a getting down on new world thing, because that's definitely not what I... Because I know it's... it's I'm kind of rooting for it. I'm not going to buy it, but like a new MMO, come on, that people like and they're into, yeah. I'm kind of rooting for. However, they're doing things that in the MMO world are a big no-no, a big faux pas. So... You guys remember that they were really having trouble getting people in servers. Right. And these servers were chock full, so people had these way long queue times. So what do you do? Well, you get them to get in another server. Well, they don't want to jump in an unpopular server. So you say that you can do, well, we have server transfers. So go play in the unpopular server now, and then you can come back uh, and play with the server with your friend you can transfer later. Well, uh, that wasn't enough. And so there was also the opportunity, the option to region transfer. So you really want to get in a server and you're in North America and all the North American servers are bad. So what do you do? You Will you boot up through a European, European server? server yeah. You spend 20 hours leveling up your character on this European server thinking, well, uh, you know, when my friends and the – which they have. Now they've – you know, we talked about how they got the server issues mm -hmm. fixed. So you're like, well, when they got the server issues fixed, I'll bring my 20-hour character over uh, back to my North American server with my friends. Nah. Nope. And they asked Just not going to allow it at all? No, they told them they could do this. And then they came back and said, wait, that was our bad. We screwed up. Was like, we didn't mean to tell you that you could transfer regions because you can't. You could transfer servers within the same region, but you can't transfer servers. So this is just like... Like it's technically impossible or they just don't want to allow it? It's technically uh, okay. a challenge because they've got, you know, a million server things right, right now. They, it probably could be technically possible in two months, but that's... So then give a... someone like a free character boost on... Uh domestic server and, and let them continue hackers. Dear, hackers. Dear hackers dear hackers update hack amazon too yeah and re release their repository so we can see what this what's going on here make we it open source open, open source new world and then fix it so people can actually enjoy <laughs> open the source game. mmo you could probably use a backdoor <laughs> that you found in the leak from twitch because they're connected to amazon servers so you could just like worm your way in there probably just reused a lot of the same stuff anyway yeah just copy pasted it um i have a question though who was seriously playing an mmo on a cross-continent server well that's that's that was my original question what? right what is your, your latency's like got to be awful 50 yeah well people do that like i'll see people do that when games haven't been released in the u.s so they'll be mm. connecting to like foreign servers but they can't really do anything meaningful like you can't raid or anything because your your ping's too high yeah exactly yeah. so because if you guys are aware your internet has to go underneath the fucking ocean and back 
every time you tell the server in America what to do. Yeah, you're talking like half second second like input lag yes. on everything uh he like you're That's moving awful. forward and you lift your finger up and you're still gonna move forward for a half second but apparently, if you wanted to play New World that so badly... that's kind of my thing I want to caveat this whole thing, because it did get a lot of traction, and people are, like, grousing, like, oh, how do you have an MMO and not allow region transfers? I'm like, bitch, how are you playing in a different region? Like, bitch, I don't think any MMO no, allows region transfers. Yeah, so I think Amazon was like, we don't care about the weirdos that we're playing with a half-second lag. Yeah. That is not our core gamer base. I can't imagine there were that, that many, many of them. People. This is kind of just blown yeah, out of proportion. Yeah, I think they kind of but... blew out of proportion, so that's kind of what I wanted to... I wanted to see your take on it trying to be like but it sounds like i've, yeah, ne I've never heard of region transfers ever yeah that would be effing weird anyway uh yeah so uh <laughs> we'll see uh how amazon continues to deal with the the, the weirdo complainers they've got google is counter suing epic over their unapproved fortnite version uh, Didn't um, we just do this? Yeah, but they were, it was Apple suing them. Right, but like we, they already know the outcome. Yep, well, they're going to drag it out, and this is going to be... Dude, you're going to hear... This is why <sighs> you're going to see Epic Games doing uh, more and more shitty and scummy things, because they have to make money, because they have entered a legal battle that is a with, with people that literally have trillions of dollars. So, good luck. I don't know what they were thinking, but Google is really mad that Epic was selling Fortnite stuff, not through the Google Play Store, which sounds exactly like what they were doing on Apple. And so they're suing, saying that this led to this was a breach of contract and led to potential security breaches. Uh, it might be a stretch. It's a stretch, but we'll just but breach it of out. contract, sure. Five years in court and fifty thousand million dollars in legal fees later. Then uh, we'll 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 have a. And Google Solution. and Apple will probably be the villains in the Fortnite movie. Oh. Calling it. <laughs> oh, I'd like that. Yeah. I go see that movie. Okay. A System Shock live action series is reportedly in the work from Binge. I'm in. I didn't know much about System Shock until I read this. Yeah. It sounds it, dope. Yeah, it was like the spiritual successor to Bioshock. Yeah. And it was kind of where Ken Levine cut his teeth uh, before he went on to do Bioshock. And uh, it's a really cool. Tell us what you learned about it, Trent, because you will have you. You're the most recent System Shock acolyte. I, I'm giving myself a bit of a refresher, but it's the city called Citadel, okay. right? And it's uh, sorry, I'm just I'm just recatching up because I read this like an hour ago. Well, I'll, give, give me a refresher up, while yeah. you catch up. I'll talk. So, binge. If you guys are unfamiliar, I was unfamiliar. Is this new streaming platform? Uh, that I do think is going to try to focus a little bit more on gaming than other ones have, which is to say at all. Uh, they're also working on a driver TV, uh, driver series with Ubisoft, if you guys are familiar with that that driving game series, um, which does have actually a plot and a story. And System Shock has a plot and a story. But I'll tell you, I, didn't, I don't really know anything about System Shock. That's... Oh, so th this is what I learned. It kind of sounds very Terminator-ish. Right? Okay. Like Skynet. Like... Uh, yeah, it's in a space, hacker, right? a it's hacker. It's a space station, isn't it? it just, I mean, this just says Citadel Station. I didn't get oh, okay. too deep into it, but it's a station, and a hacker wakes up from a coma, and AI is taking over the world, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. So, I think it's a space station. You have yeah. to figure out why the. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's that would. I mean, uh, I guess what I really put this on the docs is because I was like, why is it System Shock and not Bioshock? Why It'll would come you next. choose? 
This is the like this is gonna the prequel. Way less name recognition. I do understand it's an extremely beloved series. <laughs> or not series, just title. This is the only one they made. And people love it to death. But man, that is I mean, Driver makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but you know the Bioshock movie's coming. <sighs> Trent, it's It'll been be coming there. for fifteen years. How much longer do the I have? The Warcraft to wait? movie was coming for a really long time too. Should've and it didn't waiting. do very well. Should've but kept waiting. <laughs> EA is removing the name FIFA from their FIFA games because FIFA wants them to pay a billion dollars to use FIFA for their FIFA a games. Billion dollars. A billion What are we going to call it? Crazy, EA Soccer? But Trent, they have been doing FIFA for 30 years, EA, and they over the last 20 the past 20 years just in They're going to have to pay it. They, they don't have a choice, right? 20 billion dollars in the last Oh, so they're going to pay it. Maybe. What are they going to they can't Who's their competition, dude? Konami with their eFootball 2022. Do you see that shit? Dude, Epic's wanting to kind of grow. <laughs> so here's that's the thing, dude. That's the this is the this is the oh. huge mix. Is you've got FIFA, a corrupt, shitty organization that is just wants money. And this is like one of their biggest sponsorship deals, period. I think it's like 150 million dollars a year or something that they're paying. Um EA is paying them. So you think about these these guys just sitting around as a soccer organization collecting money for literally doing nothing but just letting them use this name. So that's a big deal and it's a 30-year brand. But if you the I think so I'll tell it from what I from what I understand from both sides. So I'm EA. I'm thinking, bitch, we've got the only soccer game on the market. Uh the only competitor we had pro sports football was, was there not like a 2K soccer game? Uh, did they just skip over that sport? No, I don't think 2K did it. The one that Konami was doing, though, that they're doing now, was um, it was pro sport. What was it? it was pro evolution soccer. Okay. Ah, PES. Oh, no. I can and you picture for, the you logo PES, in my head. Right? Yeah, so yeah. that has been the only competitor for FIFA for a long time. And they took a couple years off. Because they were going to do a reboot. They roll out this reboot. And they rebooted the name. So they lost the brand. Eve, and they So Pro Evolution Soccer. Which me having never even played that game. I know and recognize. Yeah. They changed it to eFootball. So EA's looking at this. And they're like. Literally only have one competitor in the market here. One. And they just bombed their brand to death. Like a month ago. So of course they're feeling super cocky. They're like we don't need it man. Take your stupid fucking name. We'll make a soccer game, same one with all the teams, and we won't have any competition on the market, and you'll just be sitting there with your thumb up your ass. FIFA, on the other hand, is thinking, dude, this is a 30-year game, and quite frankly, we'll just give the license to anyone else, and they will benefit well, and, and from remind the brand me, you built. Isn't FIFA the one, I could be misremembering, the one where they literally copied and pasted yeah. it so badly that they forgot to change yes. the date the, in yeah, some parts of the game yeah yep, in the game okay yeah. so fifa is and that's it's a golden goose for both of them yeah but they're both very greedy and they want more um and so i think fifa is crazy but also i think they both have a point because fifa could yeah like you said they could turn around and sell this license to epic or ubisoft or both everyone can make a fifa game or pro evolution and soccer then, just doesn't have any competition dude you, do you think the people that are so detached from game, like the general gaming sphere, that they keep buying FIFA every single year and that's all they buy? Do you think they're going to notice if it's made by EA or Ubisoft the next? Probably FIFA don't even know who game? makes it now, dude. What a threat! 
We'll just let someone else make your fucking game you spent three decades on. We'll just let someone else make it. That's wacky. So I don't know, dude, but they're they're gonna they're not doing it. EA is not paying. FIFA is not gonna bend on this. Like we are this is the last FIFA soccer. They're gonna be called butt. It's absolutely gonna be <laughs> EA butt. I'm not joking. They call it that. They call it FIFA Ultimate Team. But or yeah, which I guess how do they call it? But actually, isn't that the currency? Like foot. What's foot? Oh, maybe it's supposed to be foot, like football, and that's why. I think we just got there. Isn't foot a currency in something that we just (laughs) talked about? Fucking butt jokes just came to fruition because I realized foot, like football. God, I'm stupid. Yeah, but we're Americans. Yeah, so they're stupid. Yeah, they're stupid. Should have picked a different name. Should have picked a different name you <sighs> fucking idiots <laughs> sony will let you buy a playstation 5 this holiday season but only if you're a playstation fanboy. guys i signed up it's like trying to get into a beta <laughs> no this is like trying to get into like a hyper exclusive closed beta that you had have to have your system requirements submitted and all these other things and you have to have spent x amount of dollars on the playstation store yep because they want you to sign into your playstation account and they quote said quote based on quote pre quote 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 sorry quote, about quote. that <laughs> having a bit of a meltdown where did the quote end are we still in quote <laughs> we're in quote now but quote. that's i just said i'd say it one more time start quote, quote. previous interview <laughs> Previous interests and PlayStation activities, that is the metric they will be using to determine who is allowed to buy. I wouldn't have made it. Dude, I didn't think so either. But I didn't play my PS4 for more than maybe 10 hours. Same, but I realized Jenna plays it a ton. She buys. Oh, you played a bunch of PSVR stuff. She has the PSVR. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking they know we have additional hardware because we bought a bunch of PSVR games. Yeah. And I told Jenna to buy literally any PSVR game she wants on the digital store. So we have those recorded because, you know, I like to buy hard Hard, copies. So I don't know if they'd see those sales, but I'm really hoping they see. I own a PSVR and a PS4 and have owned a PS4 since, like, really early on in the release. Fanboy right here. I'm Big a fanboy. PS fanboy. <laughs> Jenna, Jenna made me a fanboy uh, on on paper, I guess. I'm, I'm rooting for you. I, dude. So what they do is they send you an invite to buy. I saw there's, like, a list of things you can buy. Yeah, and you, yeah. Can, you can, it's all a cart. You don't have to buy a fucking bundle. If you don't buy anything, do they pass your invite on to someone else? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just I just buy a controller like an asshole. They're like, all right, no, it's it's so cool. Um, Can they like monitor who buys it, and if someone resells a console, they just like brick their that account. Would be tight. That'd you be can cool. only buy one for PSN or PlayStation Network yeah. like things. So we'll see. Um, but I I hope I get it, guys. Root I hope for you me. Get it. That would be really really cool, and I want my damn PlayStation. <laughs> Call of Duty bragged about their anti-cheat software on Twitter, and then two days later, the driver for its anti-cheat software was leaked. Is this the same anti-cheat software that was already <laughs> cheated during the beta? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, to be totally transparent, because it sounds a lot bigger than it is, uh, this is only a kernel driver, which, from my very limited understanding, is something that is installed. This is a driver that is installed on your hardware. Um to monitor for, so it's constantly checking your hardware for whether or not you have cheap okay. software installed. 
Um, so basically, what I'm saying is that when this game came out and when or when they have this anti cheat software rolled out, everyone will have access to this kernel driver because it will be installed on their machines. So basically, all this has done is given the hackers a three week head start to work on this and crack it. But if it was gonna get if it's gonna get cracked in three weeks, it would have been cracked if it's cracked on the day or three weeks after the day of its release. It doesn't really failure. matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It's a huge failure. So it's not a huge deal. Um, but it is kind of funny because I did go through this. It wasn't much of a rabbit hole. Uh, more like a rabbit den. Like a, a rabbit burrow. den. There were there was only one family of rabbits in there. Um, about the bragging that Call of Duty and Activision have been doing about their anti-cheat. They are so stoked on this. I should say their PR department is so stoked on this. They're jumping on these videos. They're sharing videos of hackers. Call of Duty hackers that are streaming that find out on stream that they have been banned and then bragging about how mad those hackers or how bad those hackers are that they got banned. Um, oh my gosh. So the yeah, so Activision PR I is so want one of those people to come back and be patting the on the back it. and then all the guys designing the anti-cheat software like shut the fuck Sh- up. What are you doing? Are you kidding me? Don't tell them to break it. I just made this fucking thing. Just like egging them, them on. It, they'll break it. Like that is how the fucking internet works. These guys are like, let's go poke the guys that keep fucking up our product. Tell them that they can't fuck. They it did up. our last four are games. I bet crazy? they can't do this one. Why would you do that? Why would you poke that bear? Uh, so I feel like that's the larger story here. That Activision is just the PR shop is just out of control. They'll take any win and run with it, even if it's not really one you should run with. Vive Flow is HTC's newest all-in-one VR headset, and it's coming in October 15th for $4.99. And the more I dug into this, the more disappointed I got. Yeah, tell us all about it. So, this headset does not prioritize gaming. Um, The more I went through it, it looks like it's... for porn. It's for porn. Well, basically, it's a feature set... Well. The hardware is slightly stronger than the original Oculus Quest in some cases and mm-hmm. weaker than the Quest 2. Okay. Um, but it says it's prioritizing meditation, brain training, and collaborating and socializing. Oh, no. Using Vive Sync's virtual Ew, conferencing software. No. So it looks like this is Vive trying to kind of go head-to-head with Zoom with, like, virtual meetings and stuff, I guess. I don't... That's what I'm gathering from this. It can be used for some basic gaming. Is it's standalone. Is it deck for work? Maybe. It doesn't have the ability to interface with any gaming PC or anything, so it's what? completely standalone. And you have to have an Android phone. And you have to have an Android phone. So, I... Reading the headline about this, or for this, I was super mm-hmm. stoked. And then every sentence I read in this article, I just got more and more disappointed. You ever been in a Zoom call with a coworker and you just really wanted to look down to see if they were wearing pants? So badly. Now you fucking can. HTC Vive Flow for $500. Such Check a cool name pants. for such a dumb headset. Yeah, the Vive Flow. Yeah, how do they name something so cool and we get the Switch OLED version? What is it? It's like it's not it's like OLED something. There's like one more word too. I don't even remember. Ugh, it's such a not mess. 4K. So I guess, uh, sad, don't get this. It's not going to fix the Oculus. Don't let its cool name fool you. <sighs> it's just for watching porn. JD Sales Report. Um, 
Final Fantasy XIV has surpassed 24 million players. What? Becoming the most profitable Final Fantasy game in the series. Wait, you're saying Final Fantasy XIV, that game they released in 2010 and then was such a terrible game that they just pulled it down and then re They literally destroyed the game, game in the game. And that's the best game they've ever made? Trent, now, this is the one you Now, we got to clarify here. It's 24 million players, not 24 million active accounts. Yes. So this is, yeah, this is like consecutive players since launch, right. which is still an enormous number, though. Right, but this was like what WoW was pulling, like, live numbers, right? So in, at WoW's peak, they were right around, I think, 12 million active accounts. Oh, shit. Okay. But from what I read now, still, Final Fantasy has, like, double the active subscriber count that that uh, WoW does now. Like, every single WoW player has jumped ship and gone to Final Fantasy. Dang. So they are just exploding right now. So this is... And this is huge. 24 million is a is a very big number. Because that means they've at least sold 24 million copies. Mm -hmm. So... Wow. Uh, and then the other thing, the only number on JD's sales report is uh, that Metroid Dread has already outsold nearly every Metroid game in Japan. So this is based only on uh, physical sales because Fam Famitsu, which tracks this data, only tracks it for physical sales. They showed that Dread sold 86,798 copies during its first three days on sale. Um, and that was compared to like Fusion, which was about half that. So. Which only tracking physical sales is super impressive because yeah, I would I lot. would venture to guess that at least half had it. to have been digital. Yeah. Like mine's digital. Oh, absolutely. 99% of people just got it digital. So yeah, pretty cool on that. Um, so Dread's taken off and they love it in Japan. Go Dread. There we go. Kudos. 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 All right, kudos is our positivity segment. We'd like to give it a shout out to something we're vibing on. Uh, Trent, you put something on this right away. I don't know what it is, but I'm so intrigued by the words. <sighs> okay. Smoked Taco. This is a taco place that was originally just a taco truck. Okay. Now they have a storefront in American Fork. That's how you know it's good. It if is they go from truck delicious. To store, it's good. So one of my favorite kinds of food is like Mexican fusion with barbecue. So, oh. favorite dish ever that doesn't exist anymore. R and R Barbecue used to do these nachos, right? And oh. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they discontinued them like right at the beginning of COVID, and they claimed that it was because their their machine that melted cheese cost like fifteen thousand dollars, and they just couldn't. I'm like, what? Is that just called it like a microwave or an oven? What? Use a torch, yeah. bitch. But just so get me my so nachos. this place, my uh, my sister told me about it a few weeks ago, and we finally went there with our family last night. And they do their tacos in a really neat way where they, you know, when you ever get like uh, tacos, like real like Mexican tacos, they've got mm -hmm. the two tortillas. Yep. There's always two tortillas. Me and Annie always split it into two tacos. Oh, okay. This, they melt cheese into between the layers. Ugh. So super cheesy tacos. And then there's lots of like fusion-y stuff. So there's a buffalo chicken taco. There's a barbecue taco. And then they have nachos that taste so close to those nachos that we used to get from R&R. &R. <laughs> and... They have these, they're called Fresno sweet peppers. What? Which very, tastes similar to like a cherry pepper, but more heat. Oh, oh dude, these are so buddy. delicious. They put like pepper jack queso on them. And then they have what they call oh, churro fries. So they're kind of like, they resemble Arby's curly fries, but they're churros. So it's just tiny little churros. 
curled up like fries. I'm seeing this it place on is their delicious. Instagram, and it's got whipped cream and like caramel yeah, sauce drizzled on top of it. Motherfuck this place! Oh my god! They don't have a website, which threw me off. They're one of those Facebook website places, but folks, Facebook isn't a website. Just yep. To tell you, um, and I commented on their Instagram, and I said, "You guys need a website. I don't know where to see the menu." I said, "Go to Google. We're working on it." Like, why? Why didn't you build a website before go the store? To but... Google. We're working on it, <laughs> guys. But the food's delicious. <gasps> those fries. What yeah, the? Dude. But the churro fries the smoked taco guys oh my god in heaven go get your smoked taco you said american fork american fork <sighs> um and then i have one another fudos double fudos um for the habit grill i've had the habit grill for years and years i don't know why it took me so long to have a double cheeseburger there i think every time i go maybe it's the cost maybe i just the pictures make the burgers look bigger. This isn't Habit Burger. This is Habit Grill, or is this Habit Burger? Is it Habit Grill? Habit Burger? Is it the chain? Yeah, the chain. Habit Burger. Oh, it's called Habit There's Burger. a place called Habit Grill. A Habit, Trent, it's called the Habit Burger Grill. Damn it. So we were, we're both, both right. right. Okay. <laughs> Habit Grill Burger. So I have been to this place. I haven't been to the Habit Grill. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> that is. But I've been to the Habit Burger Grill. A uh, number of times, and I was just like, it was like, oh, it's okay. I love it. I go there, I get a cheeseburger, mm. and I'm like, it's okay. So I was feeling super, super hungry the other day, and I was like, dude, fuck it. I'm getting a double bacon cheeseburger. Just a big boy. I'm going all in. The big boy. And uh, so, yeah, I get a double bacon cheeseburger there. I was like the first time I'd had been able to taste the meat. Maybe dude, it's they have so too many good. toppings. It is so like good. The bun was too much, but actually getting that much meat, yes, it's just like the char on it is so good. Like the flavor and the and do they toast their buns too? Yes, yeah, yeah. and the cheese is just like a goopy mess. Like holy shit, I don't know. I've had it before. Peterson and I talked about it because they do a good lettuce wrap, and so I thought, I thought, I like it's good. I'm almost down to do it, but. Yeah. The double cheeseburger, that's the net. If you guys have been in the habit and you're like, it's okay, maybe you didn't get enough meat. I would say as far as like the in-between fast food and like, what is this, fast casual, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. In it and spin it. Mm -hmm. In it and spin it. They're probably my favorite like hamburger in that category, for sure. Yeah. And they have a a, uh, screen, so you can just place your order, which is really nice. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have a clip for this, but we did, uh, if you guys may have noticed this month is crazy october for games i have not seen and we definitely didn't see a lot of like great crazy breakout months last year because of the uh, because of the pandemic but seems like this is the craziest month we've had in years crazy we got a new smash brothers game mm. oh well basically basically yeah it's yeah. basically smash brothers new far cry metroid dread first new metroid in 20 years uh Back for Blood, the follow-up to Left for Dead. Age of Empires 4. Dude, I... What's the release date on it? The 28th. Dude. Like, where are you? Why haven't you come out yet? I don't know, but you're so close. Maybe it's giving me time... a week from today? A week, uh, two weeks from today. Yeah, I think it was giving me time to beat Metroid, because to I'm sure Phil would be so disappointed in me, but I am so taking my time with Metroid. I don't know what you've been doing. The same. I'm just like really kind of slow playing it because I'm just savoring all of it, and I see. And you haven't game. had a game like this, and how yeah. long? Yeah, I want to take my time. Um, so let's start at the top. I just want to go through these and just kind of chit chat about them. Um, just kind of see what everyone's thoughts are. 
Uh, this start this first one. This is crazy to me. Did you guys know? And have you guys heard of this game before? Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl. I've heard good feedback about it, but That's I know so nothing crazy. else. I, I hear people like it, dude. I looked into this yeah. game. This is. It started out as Nickelodeon Super Brawl. Wait, is this a sequel? In two thousand nine, and it was a browser game, and then it was so popular as a browser game. This is like a Nickelodeon. Like imagine like. It's like Animal Jam, dude, dude. And there are characters in this that I did not associate with Nickelodeon. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in this. Yes, dude. Wow. It's so wild. So it went from a browser game, and the last couple iterations have been on mobile, and they finally made the jump to console games. This is like imagine if you were playing an old game on like Congregate, like an old Flash game back in 2009, and all of a sudden oh. you could play an updated, super nice, high end version on a console of that game. And it looks good. <gasps> And, it, yeah, like you said, it's been well-received, but, like, some of the characters, like, Hey Arnold, um, uh, Ah, Real Monsters, um, Rugrats. Everyone from SpongeBob. Every single person from SpongeBob. Uh, the Avatar characters, so Korra. Oh and, and then Toph uh, from Last Airbender. The best Avatar character. So Christmas skit. Instant buy. Right? Instant, yeah. yeah. Instant buy. For Especially them. if you are like a Smash fan, if you yeah. like that style of game. And I don't, yeah. Gosh, I don't know how much it costs. It's it's um, full price. Is it? A, it's like a sixty dollar game. Uh, I have it up right here. It's forty nine ninety nine. And it's on. Oh, it's forty nine. That's nice. And it's on PS four, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It's on like everything. I feel like if I was a kid playing this, I'd have so much fun. So much. Oh fun. my god. Or if you're like a kid that grew up with these. But yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I would honestly, if I'm being honest. I think I would have more association because I didn't have a Nintendo growing up. Right. And I didn't have cable growing up, so I definitely didn't have Nickelodeon. But I think I would be more into the characters from this than the I characters I think so. I'm surprised by some of them. Yeah. Because I'm like, would I rather kick ass as SpongeBob or... Mario. Or Mario, yeah. Or like any of the characters who are like kind of weird... Like the guys that all have swords. I don't know any of them. From Fire like, Emblem? Yeah, there's yeah. like random guys. There's so many Sora now. people. Yeah, Sora's in there. I guess that'd be kind of cool. But like I recognize almost all the characters from this. Uh, and it looks sick. Dude, it looks really good. Uh, so yeah, that's out now on everything. Um, God, I I might, I might, kind of might want to get it on the I, Switch. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Just like, I think this is a game Annie would associate more with too. Because this is like all of her childhood. She was way into... What yes. is the uh, wild thornberries? Yeah, the wild yeah. thornberries are in it. Um, I just let, let's see. There's Invader Cat Zim. Dog. Uh, the Loud House is the only one of these on Dude. this whole list I've never heard. Of. Reptar, you can be Reptar. That's I'm it. In. Out, I'm what in. more do you need to be than Reptar from the Rugrats fighting SpongeBob? Like, I'm I'm curious about the the like single player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's got like a pretty. It's got a pretty. Let's see. What has it got on Metacritic? On Google, it's got 86% positive. Yeah. It's like the reviewers were kind of like, eh, on it. But uh, I think people like it a lot. So maybe worth worth <laughs> buying on sale. The next one, Far Cry 6. This is also out now. This is the Far Cry with Gus Fring in it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, um, the guy that's Gus in Breaking Bad. He was recently a bad guy in The Mandalorian. He's the guy with the black lightsaber in Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Oh, Moff Gideon. There we go. Yeah, he's Moff Gideon. He scared the shit out of me. Um, so he's in everything. He's always a bad guy. He was even a bad guy in like that weird canceled. That was like the 
fucking second time I ever saw him, that canceled series Revolution on NBC. Oh, yeah. He's a bad guy in that, too. He's yeah, a bad yeah. guy in everything. Hey, he looks like a nice guy. Is that like guy. the post-apocalyptic? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, where the power goes down. Yep. I see Giancarlo Esposito in real life, having never seen him on I'd TV I'd be terrified. Before. No, never seen him on TV before, though. I'm Still like, be that terrified. seems like a nice guy. I don't know. He's got a mean-looking face. But maybe that's because I've only ever seen him scowl. Yeah, you've never seen him, like... Think of when Gus Fring is like being nice to when customers. He's, when he's in like the chicken commercials. Okay, that's that's how I think he's got to be in real life, and I bet he's just a sweetheart. And I'm like, that is he's awesome. like a Gordon Ramsay character. Yeah, or I think about Peterson said, or I think I was reading the, um, yeah, I think it was Peterson that was talking about the main bad guy in Karate Kid, John Kreese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's like a really, really upstanding, really nice guy, and then he plays this god awful character. Anyway, Far Cry Six takes the series back to its um island roots it's mm-hmm. like tropical roots that's usually where they are is a tropical island being run by a dictator and you're overthrowing it never played a far cry game uh five was the first one i played i watched you play a little bit of one and five was yeah. sick three oh i three i played a little bit of three too three was but i didn't like beat it beat it i just played some of the gameplay and then i beat five and really liked it um this one it's it's another far cry game that's what everyone yeah. said. It's got a really cool, I don't know if you knew about this, it's got a Dotson that is paralyzed, and so he has a little cart that he rolls. It's a puppy. He's a puppy. Okay. And he will run around and distract the bad guys while you kill them. You actually have three animal companions. They're invincible, though, right? Like, they yeah. can't get hurt. They can't get hurt, no. Because um, otherwise I can't play it. What so. are the other ones, Jenna? So, Chorizo is the dog. <laughs> Chorizo. That's Wapo a funny name. is, I don't know if it's a crocodile or alligator. I can't remember what's well, the proper. Regionally, it should be an alligator, but I think it's actually a crocodile. Okay, now I feel confused still, but yeah. And then um, you've fight, got yeah. a rooster. Uh, or like, like a cockfighting rooster. He's got like a necklace on, right? Chichicharon. Chichicharon. Chichirichu. Chicharon. Chicharon. Yeah. That's it's pork rinds. How do you... Oh. <laughs> nice. nice. I don't know. I know chicharones are pork rinds. It's referred but... to as the punk ro- rooster. Now I gotta look up what the actual definition rooster. of that is. Um, and then he's got like spikes and everything. The yeah, the, the collar, spike right? bracelet. Yeah, Chicharron yeah. is fried pork. Oh my god! So it's fried pork, guapo, fat, fatty. No, guapo's guapo's handsome. Oh, guapo! And then sausage. Chicharron. And sausage. That's Aww, hilarious. That's super cute. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to, you just drive around, you kill people. It looks absolute madness just like they always are you have a gun that shoots saw blades at people like it's tight you light people on fire like crazy um i'm curious i think for me this is a ubisoft uplay thing yeah never buy a uplay ubisoft game you guys never ever ever buy it get you it'll be free 10 bucks for a month and you can play any uplay game including this one at release too not you don't have to wait for free so That's what I was like, dude, I might, if I get, but I have so many other games. Like, let's talk. Okay, so we talked about Dread. Metroid Dread's out this month. It's a, it's getting these blockbuster sales that we kind of already talked about. Um, here's my question, though, on Metroid Dread. This is where my head's at now that you told, I already told you I'm savoring it. Are we getting a sequel in the Switch's lifetime to this Metroid? No. Fuck! No, because I, I think, it! I think you have to see Prime first. You have to see Prime 4 before what? you're going to see another Metroid Dread. 
God. That's 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 what I'm thinking. Because the same team, right? But they, I can't see them releasing them that close to each other with Prime coming out. And you're you're absolutely right because I looked it up, and even in the best of times, dude, Metroid games are so far <sighs> about far apart in their release schedules. You have Metroid in '86, and you think, oh man, they must have followed right up with Metroid Two. Nope, '91. Wow. was the next one so five years later and then, and then the super metroid super metroid was three years later okay so, i could do three and years then yeah you can but then how long between metroid super metroid metroid fusion 10 years it was eight wow yeah dude so like that's the thing about and then obviously between fusion and now is all has been 19 years yeah, so, and you can't look at prime as even the same game dude like it's I not the same if series you map but... this on a graph we don't see because you go from eight years to 21 years. So we're not going to see the next Metroid until 2050. Nintendo, why do you hate Samus so bad? <laughs> ah, no, you've already built the framework for this game. But hey, I will like what the is it? What thing. is the development cycle like for a platformer like this on the Switch? It can't be even close to something like a Prime game, Especially right? Especially if you've already built all right. the, 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 all, all the assets and everything yes. are done. Just give me more levels. They did and something more similar with okay, so Metroid Fusion right after it came two years later came Metroid Zero Mission. You remember it was a remake of Metroid of, One. I thought it was a remake of this. It, was it? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like okay with it. Because um, then they just did another one recently that was a remake of Metroid Two, right? Uh, I think. So. Like Samus Returns. Oh yeah, or Metroid something like Samus that? Returns yeah. was a remake. Of yep, return of Samus. Yep. Okay, so they've remade both of them, but but that there was there clearly... was there was um oh gosh, it was on the Switch. Mm. I refer to this all the time, and no one ever played this game. Oh, other M. There was a great game. You liked other Dude, M. Dude, it, it don't they, say that in Metroid community. I'm sorry. I you think I think publicly? they're wrong. Oh man. Because here's the thing: it has all the good elements of a side-scrolling Metroid. The only downfall is that it does these weird little 3D like connection missions, like yeah. in between. And that was its downfall. If it would have just stuck to its roots, it was great. Well, I think the fact that they made Zero Mission with, like you said, all the same assets as yeah. Fusion. It, I, we can't get another remake because they've remade all of them. Unless I guess they could remake Super, Super Metroid. Metroid. So, they, it's so that may be what we get. We may get a remade Super Metroid on the Switch with this type of engine. It's not even going to be remade. I bet if they release Super Metroid on the Switch, it's just like a... A skin, like a remaster, like a skin refresh. Like they'll just update the. Yeah. Well, I would be very sad, but I will say, having played uh, Metroid Dread for just a couple hours, I can, you can taste the amount of work they put. Oh in yeah. Like it's so clear when you're playing. You're like, wow, this got tested six billion times by one poor soul. So uh, yeah, Metroid Dread's great. Uh, the last two, Back for Blood. Did you ever play Left 4 Dead? Played it with you. We played it together. Yeah. And that was about it. Was Were it? you Left 4 Dead? We I left remember. Left 4 Dead, yes. Isn't that one that has the exploding <laughs> zombies? Uh, yeah, the the boomers. Yeah. The big fat ones. Yep. And then the witch. So yeah. This is... Oh, I, I remember I was terrified. We played it for scary. like an hour and mm-hmm. I, was, I was out. Yeah. Okay. So this one you may be actually more into because the plot of this one focuses more around like Instead of like, oh, the outbreak's happening and we're running away and trying to survive. It's like the outbreak has happened. We are now living post-outbreak and we're just fucking up zombies because we're good at it. Okay. And they were alien-based zombies. So you can feel even doubly, they've been doubly dehumanized to the point that you feel zero remorse for slaughtering. They're aliens that turned into zombies that Mm -hmm. came to Earth. The zombies turned Earthlings into aliens using, or zombies using their alien 
Some of these resemble more orcs to me than zombies. Well, I think they they yeah yeah. So it's like it, that's why I said I mentioned the alien thing. So it's not don't expect you're gonna get left for dead enemies and weapons. Right. There's like all these like laser weapons and okay. shit. And electric stuff. I'm watching some of the so gameplay. So they've done some yeah. new things with it, um, but it does. It will feel very uh, familiar. I should say familiar. The did, UI is very familiar. Like did their the past games have replayability as part of the feature? Yeah, kind so, of just because of the multiplayer aspect, right? The way the games worked, the Left 4 Dead games, were there was like stories. They called them stories. They were like supposed to be a movie. There were four zombie movies in Left 4 Dead. And so each movie had three or four acts, and each act was basically running from point A to point B through a city. And I believe the city was um, the city was not randomly generated, but the zombie locations were. And so you would just be running, and there might be a witch around that corner that she might have been there last time you ran this level, but she's not there anymore. Yep. So you run, and it is not about like stopping and shooting all the zombies and making your way safely. It is just booking it and trying not to get cornered by zombies and trying not to set them off. So you go safe house to safe house, safe house to safe house, safe house to safe house, and then the last act is a long defense, like you're defending like a room. I was going to say, because I remember like hordes holding up in like a house. Yep, you hold up. Which is crazy because you completely shift the paradigm of how you've been playing the game, which is running away, being mobile, to being like, we have to defend and stay in one spot. And it's really hard and overwhelming. Um, it is n- super. So in terms of replayability, I thought no, because you beat those four s- movies yeah. and that's it. But that's exactly what people who like this game want to do is do the same movies over and over and over and over and over again. People got so good at running these. Um, they were just pros. And so I think they'll like this. I don't think this is their website says they have changing environments and that different. would be i would expect that to happen is in the new ones that the and it's ga- it's on games different. pass yeah right so feel like it uh is it on game that's pass? what it said i think oh shit yeah well then maybe i will check it out if it's on game pass this is definitely worth a look it's on ea like, play and ea plays part of games pass now right some of it there's ea play access yeah, yeah. Like but EA. pay black for blood today with xbox games pass for pc sick sick go. yeah sick okay cool if you like first person shooters and you have Xbox Game Pass. This is an absolute look into this. This is made by guys with a very impressive pedigree. And it won't be a bummer of a game. It just might not be your style. And then Age of Empires 4. I'm not going to linger on this. Just come out already. Just I want to play He's you. ready. I'm ready. I'm, it's, I'm been, ready. it's been too long. Guys, I did my waiting. Um, I'm done waiting. I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, cool. Do you want to do Love It, Leave It? Or do you want to wrap? Ooh, we do need to do a reroll on dice. Your call. Either. I'm good just doing the reroll on dice. Let's do dice. Okay. Okay, let's do it. I haven't diced in a long time. Oh, baby. What was my last one? I hope you get Oh, it was dice. Enter the Gungeon. Dice. Dice. Of Destiny. Okay. Dice of Destiny is this awesome game we play at the end of every episode, but um, Peterson is currently bogarting our dice roll. So we're what is this one? A D90? Uh, it's a what? It's an alien dice. Oh, it's it's know. for alien numbers. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I have double all these zero. dice. So we play this game where we roll a six-sided dice uh, to determine who will be rolling the Dice of Destiny, which is a 20-sided dice with 20 different game genres assigned to it. That person then picks a game, 
in that genre, oh, they roll another six-sided dice to get the price, and then they pick up a game in that genre for that price, pick it, play it, review it. And um is Jenna gonna dice? Jenna's gonna dice. You're gonna us. dice. She's nice. gonna she's on the dice. She's on the deck. Okay, so uh let's roll to see who will be oh dude, our Pokemon championship dice. Yeah, dude. This our luckiest shit. I wonder if you could sell these. Probably I would you never guys would. should post the pictures from your Pokemon days on Discord. <laughs> Everyone can see us as babies. Yeah. Shaggy haircuts. Oh, we could we could sell those we packs both had today. Shaggy haircuts back then. Yeah, because we used to have hair on our That's heads. Fair. And now it That's falls fair. out. <laughs> okay, I don't About know. I rolled this. Today. We don't have a number. <laughs> okay, yeah, always a hat. Um, I'll be one, two. Trent, three, four. Jenna, five, six. Eight. What is that? Is that a one? I don't know. That's a That's logo the one. It's you. It's me. It's a you. Oh, I haven't had the dice in a minute. Okay, so now I will roll a 20-sided die. It is a six. With a six, which is a fighting game. Ooh. I'm getting All-Stars. I'm getting Nickelodeon. Dude, we got to roll the price. Maybe. Okay, here we go. So I got to take fighting. Okay, you might not uh, be able to afford it. Do you have any loaded dice? I, got, yeah. I know. I don't. I be able to afford okay, it. I got fighting <laughs> off and roguelike is back on the Ooh. deck, which is cool because... That last roguelike I have was really good. Okay, and so we're going to see how much I will roll my Pokemon and guys because I want that six, baby. Give me that six. It's on a corner. You got to re-roll. Oh, it. I got to re-roll yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, duh. I'm not going to do a two on a corner. That's Damn it! It was a two again! <laughs> I don't know. It's touching a wire. <laughs> Trent's Maybe always open. All-Stars for... will, like go on steep discount. Yeah, maybe. can I get it on sale for $20? <laughs> Damn can, it can, to can hell! Can you co-buy? Can I chip in 30 and we'll call it a day? Oh, yeah. Trent, you roll the dice, too, and we'll see. Um, yeah. So, all right. I well, don't roll dice. Next Sorry. week. I, yeah, I've seen you try to roll <laughs> dice. I've seen them fly across the casino. Um... Or on the next roll, they don't even get halfway down the table. And, and you're it's like, been years. pick one. I gave up. Um, so I will find a $20 fighting game for next week. And then uh, I'll have a review the week after that. All right, guys. That means hmm. this is pretty. It is pretty, right? I like pretty. Um, hey, look, my volume on my... No, it's not working anymore. It's got the logo, though. All right, guys. That, that, that's it for this week. We're all good. And I hope you're as happy as this song makes me feel. Uh, to play us out, we have some music from Final Fantasy XIV. Now I get why you play this game. This is really every Final Fantasy. It's just a theme song. <sighs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. I'm JD, logging off. This is Trent, signing out. This is Gemma. See you later. See you later. <laughs> you're supposed to be your ASMR voice. This is Jenna. See you later. See you later. Hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next week. Peterson Productions. Oh, yeah. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Where's my order? Does anyone know how to find my order? How can I find my order?
Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom, the customer support platform that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of FTN. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Please subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is Tuesday, and the NBA season is officially tipping off tonight. So today, we're going to bring in our first ever guest, Javier Perlezo, who is joining us to talk about his favorite games for tonight and also his future picks for the season. But first... I need to tell you about the great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the week 13 Raiders Washington football team game. It is free to sign up. No purchase necessary. There are a number of prizes you can win, but the grand prize is $5,000 in value. And it includes again, free hotel, airfare, tickets to the game and more. Click on the link in the show description for more details and to sign up. All right, let's bring in. Javi, Javi, how is it going? I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm a, what is it they say, long-time listener, first-time caller, so I'm pretty excited to be here, Freeman. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. Uh, NBA, I will just be honest. I am a total idiot when it comes to NBA. I'm an idiot at all sports, really, including NFL, but I'm especially idiotic when it comes to NBA, so it's great to have you and your expertise on the show. And, and by the way, I should just say, you are a man of many, uh, many hats, many colors, many robes. You do the content gamut at FTN. You're not just an NBA. You're doing esports. Like, give us the rundown. Talk about all of the sports that you cover for us at FTN. Yeah, yeah. My uh, claim to fame is esports, but uh, I, I cover NFL, NBA, NASCAR. We just had NHL start. Um, I, I do it all. I'm sure I'm missing a sport in there, Friedman, but um, I feel like I wear many hats and I love everything about it. Which one is your favorite sport? Oh, man, I just during the, the COVID era, I, I came to, to love esports. So I'm a, I'm a gamer myself. I don't know if many people know that. So seeing uh, professional gamers and being able to bet on it, it just became a, a love for me. Uh, NFL is always near and dear to my heart, but the esports has just become uh, a bigger piece of my heart yeah and certainly for nfl you have the the must-haves piece that comes out every uh every thursday every friday uh so people should definitely be sure to check that out all right let's talk some nba we've got two games going tonight the first one the brooklyn nets the milwaukee bucks javi 
tell us what we need to know about this game. Yeah, it's it's a battle. The Eastern Conference, this is going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it's it's going to be a, a rematch from last year. Um, it's a it's a massive game for both teams. It's a revenge game for the Nets. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks coming off their NBA championship. Congrats to them. It's not my favorite betting game here. Um, it, it should be a, a great game to watch. It's a, an amazing first game to watch. But for me, from a betting side, I'm not too much on it. I, I want to take some some gambles here, um, some plus odd bets. But for, for the most part, it's going to be a fun game to watch, but it's not really my betting favorite, I guess you can say. Okay. Anything on on the uh, the total, any player props that you've seen with this game? Or does it feel like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy this one. I'm going to watch it. I'm not taking any position on it. Yeah, there's going to be two, two bets that I really like. I'm going to enjoy it more. But I like the Nets money line at plus 105. I love the revenge narrative that they're going to have here. Yes, they're not miss. They're they're going to be missing one of their, you know, their star three players of Kyrie. But uh, for me, I absolutely love the Nets money line here at plus 105. Um, I, I, that's the best that I've seen it so far. And then the prop that I love, and I love props, Friedman. Um, the first basket prop. So Giannis Antetokounmpo. I like him to be the first. Uh, score of the game the first basket of the game at plus 390 um i wouldn't say go crazy and put a unit on it but a half a unit bet on a plus 390 give that to me um he's just you know he's the stud of the nba and he's the guy that could definitely score first here and he's done it he did it on uh 50 almost 50 percent of their games last year so basically you have a 50 50 chance yeah that's nice. Uh, th- th- I mean, those are some great historical odds there. You can definitely see how it happens. He is, I mean, he's the guy, not just of that team, but in the NBA, as you say, he's the guy. And uh, plus 390, that sounds really intriguing. Uh, and by the way, everyone should track. You put all of your bets in the FTN bet tracker. And uh, I mean, again, it runs the gamut. You're putting bets in there for a lot of different sports. Uh, and so people should be sure to to track the bets that you are making in the FTN bets tracker. All right. So, so far for all the degenerates out there, we have the Nets money line at 105. We've got Giannis as the first scorer at plus 390. Let's look at the second game that we have for tonight's slate. We've got the Lakers against the Golden State Warriors. What do we need to know about this game? Oh, man, this is a juicy one. You got Steph Curry against the new big three of the NBA uh, with the LA Lakers. Getting Russell Westbrook uh, a big piece. A lot of people didn't like it, but I think this, this just puts him over the top. So I'm a big favorite. We'll talk about that in the futures of the Lakers this year. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a big LA guy, but uh, I, you know the, the Golden State Warriors, they don't have um, the big man threat here. Anthony Davis is going to eat them alive. Uh, they play at a very fast pace. Uh, Lakers, a little older team, um, but at the same time, they play at a a fast pace too with LeBron James at the helm. Plus Russell Westbrook is going to pace them up too. So given that it's going to be a high scoring game, it's going to be, uh, you know, really for me, the the Lakers are just going to dominate from, from top to bottom. Unfortunately, I don't think Golden State can really stick with them defensively. So uh, for me, I, I, I think this LA Lakers minus three. So it's been dropping actually. It started off at, at minus four. I've seen some four and a half, but minus three, I've seen at minus 110 uh, on DraftKings. And I just think it's a, it's way too low. I, I honestly think there's a good chance that they blow them out, um, but we'll see. There's got to be some chemistry here uh, with Russell Westbrook and the other big two. So, Yeah, I'm looking at our NBA odds page at FTN Bets. 
And you can see, you know, it's three and a half at BetMGM, PointsBet, Caesars. It is three at FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, it looks like the best price available right now is at FanDuel. But a good reminder, everyone, to line shop. Because if it, if it does come down to it, there is a difference between three and three and a half. Uh, all right, Javi. So you have us on the Lakers at minus three. You gave the tease there about how you're looking at the, La- the Lakers in the futures market. Let's talk about the futures I'm assuming that you are looking at uh, at the Lakers. They, I mean, you know, they're favored. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a surprise if they won the championship this year. What are you seeing there? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it pains me to say that I think they're they're going to win it, but uh, it's just I, I see Russell Westbrook putting this team over the top, bearing any injuries. So injuries happen. We saw it last year uh, with the Clippers, but. Uh, the LA Lakers at plus 400 to win the NBA championship. I mean, I just think it's phenomenal odds here. Um, and again, I, I don't see a team that can stop these guys. Yes, the West is deep, but uh, the Lakers are the team to beat here. So at plus 400, I like them. I do like some sneaky NBA ones. So besides my little sneaky props, I like some sneaky NBA champs here. LA Clippers at plus 1700. So it looks like I'm an LA uh, fan from a betting side. But uh, if Kawhi Leonard comes back and he's healthy, this team is a force to be reckoned with. So I, I do like the Clippers at plus 1,700. And then if the 76ers ever figure out their Ben Simmons issues here, um, they can be a sneaky dog in the East. So at plus 2,000 with Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, uh, there's a few pieces there that can put them over the top. But you can't count up the 76ers. So those are my two sneaky NBA champions. I'd like kind of big picture thoughts, stepping away from the, the betting angle on this, talking about the 76ers. What do you think the end game is here? Do you think they they have a way of figuring out the Ben Simmons thing, or do you think the best out is that they trade him, they get back some pieces, and with those pieces, they can finally put together a championship team? Yeah, as a as a wise man said, uh, Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, I pretty much that's what it comes down to with Ben Simmons. He's just going there. He saw his his bank account. And his paycheck, and he's like, oh, crap, I am paying a lot of money for sitting out. So he's, I mean, that's why he's showing up. And he got kicked out of practice today. Like, the coach kicked him out. Obviously, he is, uh, I I hate to say it, uh, a cancer with this team. So he needs to go. They need to trade him. I don't think that this can be repaired. I don't think this can be fixed. The only issue is to trade him, and hopefully they get uh, a good return. Because, again, I see them as Eastern Conference defenders. Eastern Conference is getting a little bit more competitive, but um, the 76 are not going to get over that hump unless they fix this inter- internal turmoil. All right, let's transition from teams to players. And from the NFL perspective, I love betting on particular players, MVP market, offensive, defensive player of the year market. Are there any players that you are looking at as guys who stand out in some of these individual markets? Oh, yeah. Defensive player of the year. So uh, the the heavy favorite right now is Rudy Gobert, and he won it last year. But uh, previous winners are Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis. And those odds are not – they don't do him justice. On DraftKings, uh, I found Giannis at plus 900 for uh, defensive player of the year. He is one of the staples on defense in the NBA. Anthony Davis as well. He is known for his defense when he's not hurt. Um, he is a defensive shutdown besides an offensive uh, dominator down there. So Giannis at plus 900 and Anthony Davis at plus 650, uh, it's a disservice to them. So I love 
play again. I'm a hedge guy. I love placing bets on both these guys. All right. Now looking at some of the teams, the over under win total markets, uh, I know we're getting close to the season. So presumably these markets are more efficient than they were if we had bet them a month, two months ago, but do you still see any value out there in the market right now? Yeah, I, I do. Um, again, I I see the LA Lakers uh, again uh, dominating the the Western Conference, even as competitive as it is, and even as old as they're getting. Um, but I mean, they still have the best player in the world in LeBron. They have the one of the best defenders in Anthony Davis. They have a dynamic player with Russell Westbrook. I mean, yes, it's it's them three, and if one of them gets hurt, they're in trouble. But LA Lakers over 52 and a half wins. I understand it's a lot of wins, but that's at plus money right now. I honestly have them projected for 55, 56 wins here. So at plus 105, I love that. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, they had an amazing year last year. Uh, I can see them digressing here. Um, they, they basically overperformed, in, in my opinion. And, and just based off the, the research I have here, as good as that defense got and the offense, they haven't really done much to put them over the hump. Um, so I like the under for them, under 46 and a half wins, plus 110. And then lastly, I'm putting on my Homer hat because I'm a Miami Heat fan. I love what they did in the offseason. Uh, the over of 48 and a half wins, minus 105. I prefer the plus money bets if you can find that. But as of right now, minus 105, I think that's that's a perfectly safe bet, especially with the offseason they had. All right, Javi, you've given us the info for tonight. You've given us the info for the futures market. Kind of big picture before we let you go. I'd like to get some of your thoughts on the things that you look at on a game-to-game -game basis that help you evaluate whether there's value on a particular side or total that you might be thinking about betting. Yeah, for sure. So the main thing I look at is pace. Um, that's that's to see how fast the team plays. As I mentioned, you know Steph Curry and, and the Golden State Warriors, they play at one of the fastest paces. And unfortunately, it hurts them defensively. So that over-under total is key with that. Um, same thing with the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden's, he's going to pace up, um, the team quite a bit. So the over-unders are great there as well. And, and any games that they're in. Um, and then the other thing I'm going to look at is defensive efficiency. So basically similar to NFL, um, you know, you're looking at the overall defense of the team. So you combine the pace with the, the defensive efficiency. And that gives me an idea of the over-unders that I like here, uh, as well as, um, you know, what, what the team, what the final is going to be. Because again, similar to what we see in NFL with NBA, a slower paced team facing a faster paced team, the faster paced team usually takes precedent over there. So I, I do lean towards the overs there. All right, Javi, I know you have a hard out, but I do have one more question here. It looks like you are wearing a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt. <laughs> is that, is that accurate? Is that, this is, this is very accurate. Yes. And I, uh, I'm proudly wearing it this year so far. All right. It was, certainly they've had a great season. So since you are a Cowboys fan, I, I commiserate with you on that. I also am a Cowboys fan, although sadly I've been betting against them and that hasn't worked out for the bankroll. But Javi, are the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl this year? Uh, Freeman, my heart says yes, but uh, I, unfortunately I don't think so from a betting side. <laughs> All right, Javi, uh, you have great content at FTN. Everyone should check that out. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me at DFS. Um, you can hit me up with questions anytime. I'm, my DMs are always open. And, um, you know, I, I follow people like you, Friedman, that make me better at what I do. So thank you for that. That That is a sad statement. Javi, we got to let you go. Thank <laughs> you for taking the time. Have a great NBA season. Take care. Thanks, guys.
All right, that was Javi Perlezo. Everyone should be sure to follow him at FTN. Follow him on Twitter. Fantastic all-around content machine, as he mentioned it. He does esports. He does NASCAR, does NBA, does NFL, does hockey. There's nothing this guy doesn't do. Javi, great first guest that we had with him. All right, let's talk a little bit of football. Producer Tom. Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of pasta, Titan of tomato sauce, Billy Joel junkie, and long-suffering Jets fan. Tom, great job getting Javi. Great, great first guest for the show. And he uh, he gave us, I think, some really great bets here. Uh, we haven't scripted this. I don't know how into NBA you are, but are you an NBA guy? Do you, do you like NBA? Um, I'm what you definitely call a bandwagon Warriors fan. Uh, okay. I, I can't, I, I I can't fully claim fandom of the team because I wasn't there for all of the terrible times. Uh, but when we lived in the Bay, they got good. My mom's boss was a season ticket holder, and he knew I liked sports. So he, when he had tickets that he didn't sell, he would just go, "Oh, hey, Julie, I know your son likes sports. Does he want to go to the game? And what am I going to do? Turn down Warriors tickets?" So. I, that's how I became a fan of the team. I, I hope to see Clay Thompson back at full health. Like this team is fun when they're all healthy and they're playing well, and they've still got a little bit of a window for that. Uh, I follow enough to know that I don't think the Lakers are going to win the title simply because they are the Las Vegas, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers retirement home now. Like wow. your entire team is over the age of 35, Matt. I, I have concerns. I, I have concerns about the longevity of this roster. And also, I, I do like, though, that it feels much less like fait accompli than many of the years past have for the league. I think this is we are entering one of the most fun periods of the league, provided that the Brooklyn Nets continue to implode like they are and don't become a dark horse. They can just win the league. It is a good era for basketball. We have the Lakers, uh, a team that could win it all, but you see reasons why they might not. And then you obviously have the Bucks. Uh, who are defending the title. You have the Nets. You've got the Warriors. Uh, you have the 76ers or whatever's going on with them, with Ben Simmons, and you've got the Clippers. I, I mean, there you got six teams that have a shot at winning it. We haven't even mentioned my Mavericks. I don't know if I want to go there, but they've got a superstar. You know, I, like So it's a great time for the league. I, I was about to say the same thing. The team you weren't bringing up is the Mavericks. I mean, if Luka Doncic plays the same way he did last year, that's just fun to watch. I, I'm genuinely rooting for that. Yeah. So uh, great, great time for NBA. Very excited that NBA is tipping off tonight. Obviously, we have at FTN Fantasy, FTN uh, Daily, FTN Bets, uh, different basketball packages that people should be checking out there. I believe that we still have an early bird sale that is going on right now. Uh, so definitely check all of that out. All right. And again, I should say, Javi is great at betting you can check out his stuff in the bet tracker at ftn bets uh just to recap some of what he gave us here in the show lakers minus three tonight uh and then also nets money line tonight and i love the Giannis at plus 390 first player to score in the nets bucks game fantastic there and then also just hit on some of the futures that he gave us plus 400 the lakers Tom, you're you're not on that one, but uh, that one that one is interesting. And then I do like the sneaky Clippers and uh, 76ers. All right, Tom. Uh, talking about futures there, 
let's hit some NFL futures. Um, you know, normally on Tuesday, we talk about Monday Night Football. But after kind of looking ahead towards NBA, I didn't want to look back at Monday Night Football. You know, I just I, kind of, yeah, I just felt the mood of like, let's talk about the future. I do have to ask you, though, do you go for that call? The fourth oh. down play for the Bills. Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, it's, it's a weird thing where, uh, going for it on fourth down is, has almost like become cool in, in, uh, certain, certain coaching circles, but there are times when you don't necessarily have to go for it. So, uh, you know, I don't know. What, what would you have done, Tom? It's tough. I mean, the Madden player in me goes for it. Mm-hmm. The NFL coach in me probably kicks the field goal and goes to overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as John Murray over at the Westgate here in Vegas says, kicking is for losers. So I'm not honestly sure if that's the right call. Yeah, I th- I think you actually have a better chance of winning if you kick there and then go into overtime. The, the analytics say you don't, but mm-hmm. I also... I don't know. I mean, the numbers only put things out from a numbers perspective and you do have to take into account human emotion. Like, I don't know. There's no, per. that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of sport. There's no way to know. I don't think there was a wrong answer to the call. Mm -hmm. Um, You lost the game, but I certainly don't think McDermott is losing the locker room over that. If anything, the team was behind him on the call. Yeah. But I digress. It might be one of life's unanswerable questions, but what we can answer, Matt, is who do you like to win the Super Bowl? All right. So looking at the market now, and I'll say I'm looking at the futures odds that we have coming from DraftKings. There are two teams in particular, uh, non-obvious teams. Well, I'm I'm looking, I'm not looking at the Bills, right? So the Bills are favored at plus 550. The Buccaneers are right after them at plus 600. The Chiefs plus 700. The Rams 850 and the Ravens 10 to one. So not looking at the top five teams. I think there are some other teams that offer value here. And the Cardinals I'm looking at 11 to one is what you can bet on them right now. I mean, I understand why they're not one of the top five teams, but they're six and oh, they have a very good chance of winning one of the hardest divisions in football. I think we should start to treat them seriously. I mean, we talked about it on last week's episode, you know, when they were, you know, just five and oh, but last year before the shoulder injury uh, that Kyler Murray suffered that really derailed the second half of his season in the first 10 weeks of the season, the Cardinals were six and three, you know, and then now stack on top of that, a six and oh run that they've had here. I mean, they're 12 and three in their past 15 games in which Kyler Murray has not been dealing with that shoulder injury. Like this is, this is a legit team and that defense has gotten better. Um, they had this, the big statement win this past week. I was really impressed, you know, no head coach, no quarterback coach who's calling plays for them. It's sort of like play calling by committee that they had. They were on the road facing a pretty good Browns team. Now, granted, a Browns team that was also dealing with its own injury issues, but, you know, weather issues that they're having to play with, and they dominated that game. It it wasn't close at all. 
and the Cardinals dominated. That was a statement win. And then now they're playing the Texans. I mean, they're favored by 17. You know, they're looking 7-0 and straight in the mirror. I think they have a pretty good shot at getting the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, and you look at some of the numbers, they're number three in expected points added EPA per play. They're number, and that's on offense. And then on defense, they're number two in EPA per play. And even if you look at this Cardinals team and you think that the defense isn't as good as what we've seen, it's good enough. It is certainly better than the unit that was there the first year that Cliff Kingsbury was coach, better than the unit they had last year. This is an improved unit, right? Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, with those two guys, that entire defensive side of the ball is bolstered. So, I mean, to think that right now they have the best record in the NFC and that there are legitimate reasons to believe that the record is real based on what they've done on offense and defense. It's not as if that record is unrepresentative. Maybe you think, okay, they're not really six and one. Sorry, they're not really six and oh, they're more like a five and one team. Well, it's like, okay, they're five and one. They're still one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I think at this point, it's hard to say that the Rams, the Ravens, the Chiefs are significantly better than the Cardinals. I think they're probably slightly better, but I don't know if they are demonstrably better. So I think there's value on the Cardinals at 11 to 1. And then also, I asked Javi about it. Are the Cowboys winning? Yeah, they're probably they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. I hate that I'm starting to get my hopes up like this. But they are 5-1 and one straight up, 6-0 and oh against the spread. Throughout the entirety of this season, they have exceeded the sports betting market's expectations. They've done it on a week-to-week basis. I don't know why that also wouldn't be the case in the futures market. They're number five in offensive EPA per play. They're balanced on offense. They can have success passing the ball and running the ball, which is a great situation to be in because regardless of whatever the defense gives this offense, it means that they will be able to move the ball down the field and score points. They have a lot of weapons on offense, and that offensive line has reemerged as a force, uh, as, as a force in the league, really. Like they are playing better than they have in the past half decade, maybe on, on that offensive line. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball. I acknowledge, I acknowledge that they are not good at preventing opposing defenses, opposing offenses rather from accumulating yards on a per play basis, a per drive basis. There's weakness for sure in this Dallas defense. And you saw it last week. I mean, they had the game in hand, and then they allowed Mac Jones, who doesn't like to throw the ball deep, to get a 75-yard touchdown. Some of that was Mac Jones making a really nice throw. Some of it was two defenders massively screwing up. This defense does have holes, but they are also very aggressive in what they are doing. You've seen that in the turnover total that they have a league leader in turnovers. And that means that they're number six in defensive EPA per play. 
because of their ball hawking tendencies. Who knows if that's something that continues throughout the season, but what it does mean is that if they get into the playoffs and I mean, they're going to roll through that division, right? I mean, they're a runaway to win the division, which counts for a lot. So you, I think you basically just lock them into the playoffs. What this means is that on offense, they are good enough to keep up with anybody in the league and on defense. If they can just get hot at the right time, that could help carry them to a Super Bowl. So 14 to one Dallas Cowboys. I I am strongly thinking about betting it. I'm going to use the prop shop at FTM bets. I will line shop for the best line that I can find in the market. But these are the two teams that stand out to me right now. Tom, looking at the futures market, is there a team that stands out to you in particular? Definitely. First off, fully agree on the Cardinals. I, I honestly, if any disagreement I have with your take, you say the Chiefs, Ravens, and Rams might be a little bit better than them. I don't think so. I don't think any one of those teams is actually better than this football team right now. Um, I am very upset with myself that I didn't take them at 35 to one a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this very subject when they were three and or something. The one thing I will say though, is that I think it was justifiable then not to take them, but you could still bet on Kyler Murray to win the MVP, which I think we sort of talked about was like a way of sort of hedging out of it where this team could look good and you still might not think that it's a team that ultimately can win the Super Bowl this year, but maybe they play well enough for Kyler Murray to win the MVP. So we did talk about Murray as an MVP candidate. We did bet on him then, but yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can see the desire to, uh, to have bet on, on the Cardinals at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the problem with the Cowboys is you, anytime you have a team with a stellar offense and a very questionable at best defense, you're going to run into a team that's capable of slowing down that offense and whose offense is capable of getting past that defense. And that's where it falls apart. I, I think that looking down the road, if they have a matchup with someone like the Packers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over very often and your defense's bread and butter is turnovers right now. If you get a team that can move the ball without turning it over like that and whose defense is good enough to, at the very least, slow the Cowboys down, that's when you get into a little bit of trouble there. Two teams that I like, I, I still like the Chargers. I'm throwing out this week against the Ravens. Uh, you look at this team, you look at the way Justin Herbert's been playing. They have so many weapons that... I, I just feel like this could be where they put something together and actually finally get over one of those humps. I, I love all of the offensive talent they have, and the defense is playing okay enough to get through. I don't really like them at 20 to 1. The other team that I'm looking at, you're going to think I'm crazy. Can I guess? Can yes. I guess? The Vikings? It is the Vikings. You nailed that. 80 to 1. Yeah. It's a long shot, but there is value here. This team is three and three right now. You look at their scores. Every single one of their losses is by one score or, or, or every single one is a one score game. The Browns 14 to seven, the lions, the lions are going to give divisional opponents a tough time this season. I don't care about their record being zero and six. They aren't that bad. They're not good. And it wasn't a good game for the Vikings, but still they beat, they thoroughly beat the Seahawks and their other loss is a one point loss to the Cardinals. 
who are undefeated and we're talking about winning the Super Bowl anyway. Kirk Cousins is playing as a top 10 quarterback right now by every metric, the yards, the passing touchdowns. And then you throw in that they don't have to actually rely on Cousins. He's a great bus driver. You know, you're not, he's not the Aaron Rodgers type that you're going to give the keys to the Ferrari, but you put him on a bus full of kids and say, you got to get this bus to school. He can do that for you. He's like the Alex Smith type there. But you also give him Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. So even if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, you still have a good running game going. And the defense is firmly mediocre. You look at yards, points points allowed, all the stats, they're right in the middle of the pack. If the offense can produce like this, they can grind out these wins. And at 80-1, to I really feel like they were hard done by that 3-3 and record and that this team should look something more like a five-win team. You can only go so wrong at 80 to one. That's what I'm looking at on this, on these guys. Yeah. If, if you weren't going to mention it, that was going to be one more like, and you know what, before we go the Vikings. And so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, Kirk cousins has been uh, better than we've seen. Um, you know, he is playing in a, a Kubiak system, which uh, I do think can help him out. In that defense, I actually think it's been slightly better than mediocre. I wouldn't say it's been great, but it's top 10 in defensive EPA per play. Um, Now, Patrick Peterson is out, and so that is something that potentially could hurt them. But it's not as if Peterson has been playing all that great anyway. But still, it's not as if they have a lot of depth at cornerback. So going from not great to horrible, that's still a drop that you don't want to experience at cornerback, but uh, yeah, at 80 to one on a team that really could be five and one if things had gone just a little bit differently. And it's not as if anyone else is really challenging within that division. So, you know, playing the lions, playing the bears, they should be able to win those matchups. If, if the Packers have some bad injury luck, if they lose a game that they could have won something like that, you could see a situation how somehow the Vikings actually win that division. That It's not unthinkable. And the other thing is with the new playoff system where there's only a buy for the one seed, winning your division is not as important as it used to yeah. be, especially with three wildcard teams. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I love it, Tom. Way to highlight the Vikings. I, I really do like that one. That's I, I might I might bet that one. Uh, again, you can only go so wrong at 80 to one. All right, Matt, that's going to do it for us. Where can people find all the awesome content that you're putting out each and every day? All right. You can find the work at FTN on Friday. I publish the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday. I publish my best bets on Tuesday. That's today. I've already published my fantasy football rankings. I will update those on Thursday, Friday, sorry, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. All throughout the week, I'm putting into the FTM Bets Tracker my favorite uh, NFL sides, totals, and player props. And then on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can see daily episodes of the Freeman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. Right, and remember, the NBA regular season tips off today, so celebrate with the FTN daily team for a special offer from now until lineup lock on Wednesday. That's tomorrow, Wednesday, October 20. You can join our NBA team and get $50 off of your subscription. All right. That is the show. You can find me and Tommy V 
on Twitter at Matt F the Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. How do you TGIF late night? When the food and the vibe are too good to call it a night? Strawberry Henny cocktail with the crew? Or a little of the Fridays to go to keep the party going at home? How you Fridays is up to you. How much fun you have late night is on us. Visit TGI Fridays late night. At Georgia Power, we're investing in infrastructure to ensure a more resilient power grid creating a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear energy, all while installing high-speed EV charging stations across the state and keeping your bill well below the national average. Because we know that the carbon-free energy Georgia needs to prosper tomorrow will come from the tireless energy we put in our communities today. Georgia Power. Powering tomorrow. Today. episode please leave us a review on itunes hear that that's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto every day thousands of hackers online are doing the same that's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River, it's the Friedman Fantasy Football Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? No wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked a hot dog. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football show brought to you by Bets TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is Friedman for 20% off at FTN. Thank you for checking out our show. Subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Tuesday afternoon. My rankings have been submitted to FTN, so we're going to run through the guys I am high and low on for week seven compared to the expert consensus rankings. But first, as always, I need to tell you about a great giveaway we have at FTN where you can win a free trip to Las Vegas for the week 13 game between the Raiders and the Washington football team. It is free to sign up. There is no purchase necessary. There are other prizes as well, but the grand prize is $5,000 in value, and it includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the game, and more. Click on the link in the show description for more details. 
and to sign up. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur of pasta, titan of tomato sauce, uh, Billy Joel fan, of course, and long-suffering Jets fan. Um, it's not Billy Joel fan, right? It's Billy Joel junkie. I, I typed this in wrong. I typed it in wrong in the outline. I'm, I'm going to blame you on that, Tom. Anyway, Billy Joel junkie and long-suffering Jets fan. Uh, Tom, just I feel compelled to let you know that you are on mute. Uh, the episode maybe would have gone better if it had remained that way the whole time. But anyway, who are we? Who are we talking about first? Well, all right, I see how it is, Matt. First up on the board, running back Darrenest Johnson. You've got him at 19. The ECR has him at 25. He figures to get a lot of work this week. He might be the lead back, depending on Kareem Hunt, who I'm not sure if has been officially ruled out yet or not, but. He expects to slide in as Cleveland's running back on Thursday. Yeah, we talked about him yesterday on the waivers episode. He uh, has played only 20 snaps on offense this year, but all of them have been in the backfield. 12 of them were last week in relief of Kareem Hunt. Dermetric Felton, who is the kind of more touted running back uh, on the team, he's played more snaps, but almost all of them have actually been at wide receiver in the slot uh, even in line, he's played only two snaps in the backfield lined up as a traditional running back this year. And that was in weeks three and four. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be the guy who actually comes in and plays as the traditional running back within this offense. It was Johnson who backed up hunt last week. We have, uh, the Browns is home favorites this week. I think Ernest Johnson could actually have some decent run. I mean, he's the guy who's actually built like a running back. Uh, Demetric Felton is built more like a, more like theoretic, more like a, a slot receiver slash running back. So I do think Ernest Johnson is the guy who plays as the lead back this week. And that makes him pretty attractive. And in, you know, by weeks, lots of other guys injured. I think he deserves to be ranked as a low end RB two. Next up on the board is Seattle Seahawks backup turn starter, Alex Collins. Uh, feel, feel, feel a large pattern just in terms of the amount of backups turn starters that we're going to see with all the injuries. But Alex Collins, you're actually down on. You've got him at 23. The consensus has him around 18. Did have 20 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown last week versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, he played well last week. And whenever we've seen Collins function as the lead back throughout his career. He's actually done pretty well, uh, but he left late last week with a hip injury and head coach Pete Carroll wouldn't commit to Collins being able to play this week. The way he phrased it was he might be able to play next week, which that doesn't sound like a, a good thing. Um, last week I was lower on Christian McCaffrey than the consensus. And the idea was that I was just a little more skeptical than the consensus that McCaffrey would actually be able to play. And I wanted that reflected in my rankings. It's a similar situation here. Um, I think the odds that Collins actually plays this week are lower compared to where people are having him ranked. Plus Pete Carroll said that Rashad Penny will be activated from IR this week. And when Penny was injured, he was the number two back on the team playing ahead of Alex Collins. So either way, like he could return and reclaim his role and maybe he would play as the lead back or he returns and he steals a significant number of carries away from Collins or Collins doesn't play this week however it is that it works out uh, I think the consensus right now is too high on Collins and another guy that's a little too high up Antonio Gibson 
consensus putting him at 20. You've got him at 27. Ran the ball just 10 times for 44 yards versus the Chiefs. Part of that is it's the Chiefs and you have to throw. But another part of that is he's banged up. Yeah, uh, this hurts. This hurts me to rank uh, uh, to rank Antonio Gibson this low. I actually I like him. He's a good player, but he's injured. He ran the ball just 10 times last week. Um, a season low, 10 carries, uh, a season low, 13 opportunities, season low, 23 snaps and a 39% snap rate. Um, I mean, there's, there's a pattern here. He's dealing with injuries. And, uh, that means that JD McKissick is seeing more usage than we've seen for him, uh, up to this point. And he's playing well enough. Um, and on top of that, they do have a running back, uh, and rookie Jarrett Patterson that, presumably they like well enough. Uh, and so I think he could even start to get some action uh, if Gibson is out or even if Gibson stays in the lineup, uh, you know, with the injury that he's going through and he missed the entire fourth quarter last week. Now, granted it was in a blowout situation, but you know, McKissick came in, McKissick got targets during the fourth quarter. Um, I think there's just an injury risk here that people are not taking into account if we see uh, in the practice reports that Gibson is practicing in full, then great. I will move him up the rankings, but I expect to see him limited or not practicing at all, um, at least in the two early practices this week. And so I'm just going to be a little skeptical on his health moving forward and the availability and the usage he's going to have. Moving on to the wide receivers, you've got a new number one at the top of your board, don't you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Cooper Cup. He's the only player in the NFL with at least 10 targets in every game this year. That usage is incredibly elite. That's sort of like Antonio Brown usage five years ago, right? Uh, that's the kind of usage that can propel a guy to one of the all-time great type of seasons. He's number one in the league in targets, number one in receptions, number one in touchdowns receiving number two in yards receiving. He plays the Lions on Sunday. I mean, come on. You know, I, I tweeted this out and I said that he's the early leader to be my number one ranked wide receiver. And, you know, I crunched the numbers, looked at some stuff. And yeah, that's that's where I have him. In part, it's because he's the number one fantasy wide receiver through through six weeks. Like, it is no longer a small sample. I mean, in the big picture of numbers, Yeah, six is not a large sample, but within the big picture of the NFL season, six, like that's a respectable sample. That is a predictive sample. And he has the usage to support being the number one wide receiver. It's not as if he's had a few targets and he's busted a ton of long plays on that. Like he is getting the usage that supports a guy being the number one fantasy player at his position. And then on top of that, he has a great matchup. I don't know why I wouldn't rank him number one. So very comfortable with this position right now. And next up, one guy you're slightly down on. Oh, I'm sorry. One guy you're slightly up on. Had the numbers reversed there. Calvin Ridley, you've got at seven. And the consensus is around nine. He hasn't had the usage this year we really want, though. Only one touchdown and not a game above 100 yards receiving yet. Yeah, it's it's funny in that the guy that we're going to talk about next, I have them flipped relative to the consensus. Um, but what I like about Calvin Ridley is that we know 
from his previous years that he is a good player. Like we know that he has a uh, a great floor and a great ceiling combination. And then on top of that, we do know what he has done this year in terms of his usage. So people are disappointed in that he's coming off of a buy. He didn't play before that. So then people can kind of forget about how good he is in a way. Uh, and then in four games, he has just 255 yards receiving uh, and only a touchdown. Like that's not great, but he's still pacing for over a thousand yards on the season and the targets, that is really what matters. And he has 42 targets in four games, 10 and a half targets per game. He's never had uh, this season fewer than eight targets in a game. And in the other games, he has 10, 11, and 13 targets. Like that, that is incredibly elite. And I, like, that's not as if it's something that is a fluke. You can count on Calvin Ridley having strong usage because he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he's clearly the number one wide receiver on his team. And early in the season, it looked like Matt Ryan was regressing. You know, maybe Ryan isn't the quarterback he was last year or the year before that. But the past couple of weeks or the past couple of games, rather, he's actually been pretty decent. And now he has his number one wide receiver returning. I mean, I think it's a situation where I want to be a little more bullish on Calvin Ridley. and so. You know, when you're looking at the difference in rankings, the difference from like number 37 to number 39, like that difference is meaningless. But the difference from number seven to number nine, like that's that's a little bit significant. Like there's there's something there. So uh, that's why we're highlighting him here, because like that means that we're ranking him ahead of some other guys that people are more bullish on. And I just want to plant a little bit of a flag on Calvin Ridley that, hey, a guy who has done what he's done to this point in his career and who this year has 10 and a half targets per game, that guy should be prioritized in your rankings. Now, meanwhile, the guy that you've got opposite him, those positions flopped Terry McLaurin. You've got at nine. The ECR puts him at seven. Scary. Terry's got a tough matchup with the Packers this week. Yeah. McLaurin, the, the bigger thing than the matchup is the injury. He hurt his hamstring last week. He was downgraded to did not practice on Friday. Now, obviously, he played on Sunday. Uh, he played through the injury. He had eight targets. All of that is good, but his connection was really off with Taylor Heineke. He had the worst game of his season, and maybe that's just happenstance. Maybe that's something that just randomly occurred, but he had a really great matchup against the Chiefs. He had an injured hamstring. His connection with his quarterback was off, and he didn't exploit the matchup. I'm just a little bit cautious here. So I'm going to be monitoring the injury reports to see if he practices in full on Wednesday or Thursday, or if the hamstring is something that limits him earlier in the week. Um, the Packers, they're without number one cornerback, Jair Alexander. So the matchup isn't as bad as it could be. But if McLaurin's injury is a real thing, then I'm probably going to bump him outside of the top 10. And right now I'm just... I'm a little bit cautious. I think that injury might be a real thing. So I have him downgraded a little bit. The next game up on the board. Well, next player up on the board, I should say. We're moving on to the quarterback position here, and it is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. You've got him ranked at 11th here, Matt. And he played well in his return to Jacksonville. 
Dolphins should be getting some weapons back. And he's playing Atlanta, who doesn't have a great pass defense. Yeah, we talked about Tua on yesterday's waiver episode. As you mentioned, he looked – I mean, I don't, to, I don't want to oversell how he performed against the Jags, in part because it was the Jags and it was one game. But, like, at a minimum, he looked okay. Like, he looked acceptable. And I would say that, like, I thought he actually looked pretty good, especially considering it was his first game back from injury and he was playing in London. He had 329 yards passing, two touchdowns to just an interception, and he was doing that without without three pretty significant players on offense. No Devontae Parker, no Will Fuller, uh, no Preston Williams. So he was doing this without three of his top four wide receivers. That's pretty good. Granted, it was against the Jags, who aren't great. Uh, That's an understatement. Probably one of the worst pass defenses in the league, but the Falcons aren't good either. They're number 26 in pass defense DVOA, and it's looking, I wouldn't say likely, but uh, there's a, a decent chance that Devontae Parker returns this week. Uh, and so given that there are six teams on by, uh, you know, I think Tua is a pretty good streaming option. Uh, and I think he deserves to be ranked in the top, uh, the top 12 here. And next up, a guy you're down on here. You've got Sam Darnold at 14. The ECR puts him at 11. <sighs> I, re- I was really hoping that he wouldn't regress, but he looks like he's regressed over the last couple of weeks back into that Jets quarterback. Tom, Tom, come back. Come back, Tom. I, I don't buy this. The the false, uh, oh, uh, Jets fan. Oh, I was hoping he wouldn't regress. This is sort of like a, an ex-boyfriend running into a, a, like an ex-girlfriend years later and being like, oh, it's, you know, I, I, I really, it's, it hurts me to see that she doesn't look as good as she used to. No, this, this is, is this is this is a hundred. This is a hundred percent genuine. I loved him as a Jet. I love him now. Like I always believed he could be a good quarterback, and I really, really was hoping that the first three games were just a sign of everything to come. And they could still be, but I, I want to see him. To I want to see him succeed. He's a good guy. All right. Well, you know the Giants. They're still decent in pass defense with James Radbury and Adore Jackson at cornerback. They're number eleven with five interceptions this year. The absence of Christian McCaffrey really seems to be making a difference within that Panthers offense, which I normally don't think is the case with running backs, but Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. He's the engine of that offense. It would make some sense. Plus, and I think this is really the the key thing, Sam Bradford, not Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold had uh, an easier stretch of games in the first three weeks than he's had in the past three weeks. And it looks like he's been exposed. So uh, I'm going to be pretty skeptical on Darnold moving forward until we actually see him do it uh, against teams that are decent and uh, the Giants, as bad as they are, they're still decent enough on defense. And last but not least in the quarterbacks, you're down on Tomothy Brady. You've got him at six. The ECR has him at four. He's taking on Chicago this week. Uh, obviously had that dip versus the Patriots in the rain, but what what gives here, Matt? Tomothy, I I think you said Tomothy Brady, I which did. which did. is fantastic. So I am not uh, so much down on Brady as I am uh, interested. I'm bullish on the guys I have ahead of him. So Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar Jackson, right? Those guys, they're they're just kind of consensus top three guys. After that, there's Matthew Stafford in a hashtag revenge game. 
in a great matchup against the Lions. And then there's Jalen Hurts, who uh, just as a matter of course, I basically am obligated to have ranked in the top five every week. Um, so you take all that into account. That means Brady can't be in the top five. And the Bears, they're not elite on defense, but they're good enough for me to rank those other guys ahead of him. So it's not necessarily down on Brady. It's just very interested in the two guys I have ranked ahead of him. At the tight end position, I mean, we're going straight from Brady to one of his all-time favorite targets. Gronk should be back in the lineup here. You've got him ranked 11th. The ECR has him all the way down at 19 uh, against the Bears. And with a lot of guys on bye weeks, maybe someone dropped him in because of the injury. Maybe they're just, Maybe you've been stashing him like I have, and now's the time to finally bring him back out. Yeah, I, I'm imagining that the ECR will start to move up towards where I am. Um, I think maybe some people right now just doing ranks early in the week aren't really paying attention to the Gronk news, but it, it does seem as if he's returning this week or is expected to return this week. So we should obviously monitor the practice reports, but I mean, we all know, like we saw how dominant he was in weeks one through three. He basically looked like the Gronk from New England. Uh, he was the number one fantasy tight end in points per game. I mean, it's a small sample, right? Only only three games, but he did have seven targets per game and he was being used pretty heavily in the red zone. I mean, if that continues, especially with all of the tight ends who are, who are on by and just how weak the tight end position is in general, it feels like you have to have Gronk at least in the top 12. And honestly, I might move him up even more just based on uh, what we might hear in practice reports. And last but not least here, a guy you have down, Dallas Goddard. You've got at 10. The ECR has him at seven. Uh, the Raiders are making quarterbacks uncomfortable, but they've given up the seventh most fantasy points to the tight end this season. So the matchup is favorable. Yeah, it's a decent matchup. I do just prefer the other guys ahead of him a bit more. So Goddard is returning from injury and the offense that he's in can be really inconsistent, like hard to know week to week if the receivers are going to be producing, which guy is going to be producing. Now with Zach Ertz gone, um, you know, that means we should see something of a target boost for Goddard, but that's not guaranteed. And the guys who are ahead of him in the rankings, I just... I kind of prefer them this week. You have Gasicki, who's getting a ton of usage with the wide receivers out in Miami. You have Higby, who's playing every snap. He literally played every snap last week, and he's running a ton of routes. Eventually, stuff like that tends to transition into targets. And then you have Ricky Seals-Jones, who is basically Logan Thomas. He he is like the one-for-one one Logan Thomas replacement in that Washington on, offense. I just like all of them a little bit more than I like Goddard this week. All right. Well, Matt, that is going to do it for our rankings episode here. Where can people find all the awesome work you're putting out each and every day? All right. You can find all of the work at FTN Network. On Friday, I published the best, uh, not the best bets, the fantasy football breakdown on Thursday. I published the best bets article. On Tuesday, I published the fantasy football rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday all throughout the week. I am putting in the FTM best tracker, my NFL sides, totals, and player props. And by the way, NBA is tipping off tonight. I might be putting some NBA bets on there for whatever that is worth. Uh, and then on Twitter, on YouTube, 
on your favorite podcast app and on FTN. You can see daily episodes of the Freeman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at MattFTheOracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. The holidays are coming. The holidays are coming. It's all good. The Georgia Hemp Company with locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs has a full line of your favorite CBD and hemp products to keep you cool and calm. Like lotions, oils, and beverages. They also have a full line of CBD for your pets. The Georgia Hemp Company offers full consultations, samples, and Georgia's finest CBD. Visit their three Atlanta locations in Woodstock, Decatur, and Sandy Springs. Or check out thegeorgiahempcompany.com. Georgia's finest CBD. At Georgia Power, we're investing in infrastructure to ensure a more resilient power grid, creating a balanced mix of hydro, solar, and nuclear energy, all while installing high-speed EV charging stations across the state and keeping your bill well below the national average. Because we know that the carbon-free energy Georgia needs to prosper tomorrow will come from the tireless energy we put in our communities today. Georgia Power. Powering tomorrow. Today. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.